Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boxing fans around the world. Hopefully you were able to dial in and check out our weekend of boxing yesterday. I was pretty spot on with most of my predictions. Um, I'm a bit concerned with the outcomes, of course, but I'm, I'm, let's say I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. Let's go through this because I think it's getting easier to, to predict some of these now. And I used to have a pattern, or as Tim Bradley says, a pattern of the way I covered. So usually, if you didn't see the fight, and if you didn't, that's okay, because you didn't miss too much. But what usually happens, if you didn't see the fight, Danny Jacobs ultimately took a loss, and it was a close loss, and it's heavily debated on social media. People feel that Danny Jacobs got robbed. And I want to explain why people say they think he got robbed because I think people have missed something I used to say all the time. And I first, this occurred to me as I was watching Mayweather Pacquiao, as I was watching Pacquiao versus Horn, Jeff Horn. As I'm watching certain fights, I see there's a pattern with how the judges score fights where I can't in good conscience, call it a robbery. It's more, you got to understand the sentiment of the judges, good, bad, right, or wrong. I'll even go as so far as to say, I think the Spence Porter was similar in how that was scored as well. And when it boils down to it, the judges are going to favor the guy, generally speaking, that is the aggressor. Number one. Number two, you score it round by round, not as a single fight in the traditional sense. This means that you could have a guy, let's take Lomachenko versus Tiafimo. You could have a guy in Lomachenko who literally doesn't show up. And I had that fight, by the way, six rounds to Loma, six rounds to Tio, a draw. And I, I don't feel everybody else says, no, Tio blew him out. Teal didn't blow anything out. I proved that on a video where I said, no, this was not a blowout. You got, they're going too fast. You, you missed shots. The same thing happened with Eubank versus Liam Williams, where Eubank is stylistically brilliant against Liam Williams, but he's dropping Liam Williams off shots that are so fast. You can't tell that Eubank threw a punch to drop him. It's a jab. So I think that was the same thing that happened at uh, with the others where things happen. It's so fast. You think you th see something and you didn't see what you thought you saw and you kind of have to go back and people get criticism for slowing down fights with Danny Jacobs and John Ryder. It's different. You didn't need to slow it down. What you saw was a Danny Jacobs. If you go back to my coverage, I said that Danny Jacobs should walk through this guy. Danny Jacobs should have an easy time in the sky. I think everybody would agree that Danny Jacobs, frankly, didn't show up and he wasn't trying, but it seems like people were gifting Danny Jacobs rounds because John Ryder didn't look spectacular. That's not the way it should work. Danny Jacobs, let's go back. When Danny Jacobs fought Peter Quillen, I challenge you to tell me that guy is who was in the ring with John Ryder. I don't want to hear years ago, deep, deep, deep. I'm talking about style. I'm talking about aggression. I'm talking about get the, almost cussed, get the guy out of there. I Did you see that? The answer is no. 
I can answer for you. You didn't see Jacobs try to get this guy out of there. On my coverage, I said, Ryder has only ever really excelled against lesser fighters. Anytime he stepped up, he's taken a loss. So how can we explain then that Danny Jacobs takes a loss against a guy who has never been able to pull it out against the top tier? We can only explain this by saying Danny Jacobs, as I said in the coverage, something's wrong because he should not have struggled with this dude. Regardless of how fundamentally sound Ryder's jab was, no matter how you thought about him coming on strong in the, in the second half, this is Danny Jacobs. We need to look at patterns. The version of Jacobs that fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. even, that guy didn't show up here, did not show up here. And Jacobs is fighting tentative. He was fighting, I don't want to say scared because it was clear he wasn't scared. He was fighting tentative. He's fighting nervous. It was almost like he went into PTSD mode about pierogue or something. He just was not doing what he needed to do. And I'm not even talking about the quality of his opponent, but where you are, you're in a venue that's hostile territory. So you already know you've got to do more than that. This was my problem with Pacquiao when he fought Horn. You're on hostile territory. You've got to go further and get this guy out of there. This is why also I have a problem with guys like Frank fucking Sanchez. I'll cuss there because I can't stand the dude. This is why I have a problem with that because you can't, at some point you're going to come across somebody that's going to, that's going to cause you to take an L because you're not working to get the guy out of there. And fans don't want to see you stink the joint out half trying. We want to see you work to get the guy out of there. So I suspect from my perspective that something's wrong with Jacobs. It could be age related. I don't think so, but it could be. I think something's wrong. And if I were advising him, I would advise him to consider retirement for his own safety because he can't fight like that at the top level. He can't. We've already seen that with Canelo. And it's possible that that payday from Canelo I believe it was the marvelous one, marvelous Marvin Hagler, who said, you know, it's hard to get out of bed when you're wearing soap pajamas. Once you've made a certain amount of money, it gets harder to justify getting up. You do the training because that's just training, but you're getting up and going into a ring to get beat up. It's hard to justify it. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's got family things. Maybe he had health things. Don't know. All I can tell you is that there's no way this dude Danny Jacobs should have lost to a John F and Ryder. And it's, it's a black eye on him that he allowed that to happen considering the fighter he used to be and considering his performance in the past against way better guys. Like consider how he fought against Gennady Golovkin, Gennady F and Golovkin. That guy didn't show up here against Ryder. Consider how he fought against Peter Quillen. That guy didn't show up here. Even how he fought against Canelo didn't show up here. How he shot, fought against Pirog didn't show up here. I can go down the list of everybody he's ever fought after his re resurgence, and he's never been this poor in his performance. And there's no reason for it because, uh, like I said, Ryder has never stepped up. So perhaps we're seeing a situation similar to what we saw when Sergio Maravilla Martinez fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and Martinez's brilliant 
for the vast majority of the fight, and I believe it's round 12, all of a sudden, Junior wakes up, rocks, and almost gets a stoppage, where, for whatever reason, fighting Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. just jacks you up for some reason. But that hasn't affected Canelo, so that debunks that narrative. I'm not sure. Something has happened to Jacobs, and I'm not sure what it is. All I can tell you is, to, from if I were managing this dude, I would tell him, you should really seriously consider retirement. Because I don't know what the hell that performance was, dude, but it was not it was not acceptable. So if you didn't see the fight, you didn't miss too much. I know people think that Jacobs got robbed. Judges expect you to show up, period. We see that. With Pacquiao and Mayweather, the only reason they weren't scoring for Pacquiao is he wasn't doing what they expected him to do. He wasn't throwing the thousand punches a fight. He wasn't constantly flurrying. He only did that in like three rounds. The judges held that against him because Floyd was controlling the fight and dictating the pace of the fight and making it look like a masterclass for his favor. In Jacob's situation, you're going against a guy who's literally not B plus level. He's low. And you're allowing this guy to, whether he's landing or not, you're allowing this guy to convince the judges that he's got control over you when you should be the one taking this guy out because they know that you fought at the top level and he hasn't, or when he did, he hadn't got it pulled it out. So why can't you do it, bro? What's going wrong? So I, I know that, you know, NSB, you know, there's a, you know, it's, it's a robbery. It's a robbery. It's cash out home cooking. At the end of the day, you've got to convince Kenny Porter said it. You've got to convince the judges. You're better than that other guy. That did not happen. From what I saw, I saw Jacobs half, almost cussed again, trying. He wasn't trying like he needed to, to get rid of this dude who is arguably nowhere in this guy's class, arguably. And something is off with Jacobs, I argue, because there should have been no reason for that performance. And hopefully, whatever it is that's bugging him, again, I would have the conversation to say you should really consider retirement after that. But hopefully, whatever it is that's bothering him will pass and he will get back to what he was. The other fight I said that was worth watching, I think you agree, uh, was Felix Cash. I didn't know anything about his opponent, but I know Felix Cash was one to keep an eye on. Felix Cash had a rough night. He had a rough night. Gets dropped twice. I wouldn't call his opponent a bum, but I didn't know anything about the dude is all I said, but he got dropped twice, but he was able to pull it out and get everything done. Uh, he looked brilliant, I think, other than him getting dropped. And him getting dropped was more him sloppy. Um, he was making silly mistakes. I didn't, I didn't, it it reminded me a lot of what, you know, Blair the Flair tended to do at times where, and I argue that Boots, everybody's fan Boots does, he leaves himself open as he's throwing. And then he gets caught with something. So I do think that, that's going to hurt him if he steps up in class because he's eating shots when he's open. He's, he's left open. He eats shots and then gets dropped. I Maybe he's just on still on the learning. He's just got to develop and, and refine. But I think defense is something Mr. Cash needs to work on quick because he can't, he's not going to be able to survive that when he starts stepping up in class. Right now, he's regional level at best, so I don't expect that this will be a setback for him. But I do think that people are going to see, okay, this dude is vulnerable. He's wide open, vulnerable when he's throwing, and he gets caught. 
when he's mid throw and I can exploit that and take this guy out and he's not a name. So it wouldn't help anybody's resume, but it would, you know, if he's able to draw money at some arena somewhere, he's able to um, set somebody forward a little bit. Another bit of news. This has not been independently verified. However, there was some chatter and it came out in the sun and some people call the sun a rag or a, uh, ratty newspaper, whatever, but I'm going to report it because it is what it is. But apparently this was first talked about in January, late January, but apparently Mike Tyson has tentatively agreed to a deal for an exhibition fight with Jake Paul. And the conversation, of course, is it's got to be about money because that's the only reason that you would do something like this. And because it's an exhibition. And if you've ever watched either of Mike Tyson's exhibitions, you know, he does not, try to hurt you in an exhibition and being an exhibition, you would expect Jake Paul to try to make hurt Mike Tyson because although he's a fan, he said, so he wants to try to make a name for himself. So if this happens, there's apparently $50 million that Tyson would make for this fight. That's a lot of money, even for Tyson, who, although he had made a lot of money under Don King over the years, didn't have very much to show left for it, mostly because of Robin Givens and other things. So if this goes forward, I think people, certain people in NSB and other places need to give back some credit to people like Floyd Mayweather for taking these types of exhibitions because we can't criticize Floyd for fighting Logan and then praise Tyson for fighting Jake when money's on the line. At the end of the day, it's the business of boxing. And in the business of boxing, these guys are going to do whatever they feel like doing for whatever reason they feel like doing it. And they should feel that they have the right to do that. There's no logical reason you wouldn't do the same thing if you were in that situation, especially if you knew that as an exhibition, there's no risk. There's no downside. Now, Jake Paul has been criticized by many, especially Dana White, claiming that he's using steroids. I would argue that any of the YouTubers probably are using some form of steroids. I would say KSI in particular, but we have to question, you know, we know that Tyson had used steroids earlier, admitted doing it. So, and with his recent exhibition against Roy Jones, we have to start thinking about, okay, well, what, what really happens behind the scenes of these guys and how does that all pan out? And, now that I think about it, wasn't Tyson Jones not an exhibition but counted as a pro fight? Either way, we saw a version of Tyson from a body perspective that was a little bit unrealistic. Jones looked like crap, but Tyson looked almost like his prime. Of course, there was a little bit of wear, but he looked almost like his prime, especially his lower, his legs and everything. And those are usually hard to get that kind of development. He's always had tree trunks, but, you know, he's been sedentary for a lot of his later career. So whether Jake is using steroids or not, I don't know that today it matter because for the exhibition, they probably aren't going to do any drug testing. I know that for his pro fights, he had been drug tested, not for, I know he was for some of them, but not all of them. And in any event for an exhibition, I don't know that it matters is my opinion, but I just think that people need to give Floyd credit because they trashed Floyd for having those kinds of quote circus fights. But now you're seeing guys like Roy Jones, guys like Mike Tyson, 
guys like Evander Holyfield and others who are perfectly willing to go in there and do the same thing, have these exhibition fights, because that's where the money is in the business of boxing. So ultimately, folks, uh, back to Danny Jacobs. I know Danny Jacobs before the fight, his fight with Ryder, he had said, you know, I want the big names and I might be ready for Chris Eubank. I think anybody who saw Chris Eubank as disappointing, I think overall as his style change was and the fact that he was not getting the guy out of there and he said after the fight, you know, I wasn't trying to, I wanted to punish him. Uh, okay. Um, I think everybody would agree pretty much unanimously that Danny Jacobs shouldn't stay. He should stay far away from Chris Eubank. And so should Ryder. I mean, they both should stay far away from Eubank, this version of Eubank, or even the previous version of Eubank, because neither guy looked spectacular, frankly. But Danny Jacobs in particular, I wish, whatever is happening with him, I wish him well. I just, if I were in his camp, I would be telling him, you should probably consider retirement at this point because these are lackluster performances. You're not going to get a title shot. And if you do, it probably wouldn't be that well-deserved. You know, Gabe Rosado has been performing way better than Jacobs recently with the knockout of everybody's favorite bully, Bechtemir, and then his performance against Danny Jacobs. Like that, but Gabe Rosado, I believe he's like three years older than Jacobs and he's still going strong. That's what we want to see is guys who actually go out there and perform. And for whatever reason, Jacobs has not performed in his last few fights. So again, wish him well for whatever's going on with him. And hopefully he's able to, um, recoup, but I, I think he should consider retirement. I know they said, yeah, he ran out of the ring kind of like Golovkin style after the uh, announcement that John Ryder was the winner by split. And I'm just saying, I don't see a robbery. I see Jacobs didn't show up and the judges held him to it. They said, you didn't show up here, dude. And I don't think he did. And I don't think he deserved to get his hand raised in my opinion. That's all I got. As I said, it's somewhat of a dry spell. I'll be back next weekend, of course, to cover what's remaining, but mostly we're dry until March. So those episodes probably won't be too long. I will be considering in one of the March episodes doing a live um, type deal and chats and that kind of stuff uh, with no video, but just the audio so that we can talk about the fight. Uh, plus you can listen in as the fight's happening. So if you're curious and you can't see it, at least you can hear some of that commentary. That's something I'm considering doing. If it's something of interest, do like, share, and subscribe, and leave comments that express the interest in that type of thing, and I will strongly consider it. See ya.